Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin, producer and host of I Like Girls. I'd like to apologize for the audio quality in this episode. I'm sure you know us to have excellent audio, but this episode was a bit tricky to navigate and our guests were hard to reach, so we had to make do with what we got. You can still hear everything that is being said. It's just not as crisp as I'd like it to be. Okay, let's get to the episode. Today's episode is about centuries worth of culture that predominantly affects women in Nigeria's north. Let me start with a story. I was born and raised in Jos, north central Nigeria. Then my family moved to Kaduna in the north and then Kanu in the north again and back to Jos. You should know that I was a very nosy child. So growing up in these places, I used to eavesdrop on conversations of my aunties, neighbors, and older female friends. One time, my babysitter was getting married, and I overheard her and three other friends talking about sex and how she needed to get familiar with Kaya Mata in order to have a fantastic sex life with her husband. I must have been about seven years old at the time, and I had no idea what they were talking about, but it was the first time I ever heard those words. Kayamata, 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 Kayamata. The name Kayamata is actually a house name, which actually means women things. That's Benny B. She's based in Joss, Plato State. Apart from being a development worker, she sells and makes Kayamata. As this episode progresses, we'll hear more from her. So, Kayamata translates to women's things or women's properties in Hausa language, which is generally spoken in northern Nigeria. There could be seeds, there could be spices, there could be roots, and there could be herbs. Uh, Kayamata is actually an aphrodisiac that spices up um, one's sex, sexual life, both for pleasure and um, for fertility. Like you just heard, it's more than just women's things. It's a massive part of the northern Nigerian culture and that of the Republic of Niger, Nigeria's neighbor to the north. Kayamata is the general name for traditional herbs, roots, spices, seeds, fruits, and powders that help to enhance sex life. There are different types of Kayamata. There are tighteners, there are sweeteners, there are bonders, and there are those that you can just keep your husband one place. It's he, your, he, he's yours. He's not moving anywhere. This practice has existed for at least three centuries. This means it has been passed from one generation to the other. Traditionally, Kayamata was originally used to prepare a bride for marriage, you know, to ensure a healthy sex life for her and her new husband. But in recent years, it has evolved. Here's Halima, who lives and works in Maiduguri, a northeastern state, talking about the impact of one type of Kayamata that we will get to shortly. So, but I noticed that I was having so much fluid, you get, on my body, even without intercourse. I was like, what's happening to me? I'm in the office mm-hmm. and I was thinking I was maybe, you know, menstruating or something. It was funny. I've given it to some ladies to also chew, you know, and they come back to say, babe, this thing is really the thing, you know, but some people... While it was used initially to prep brides, Kayamata has evolved into a much bigger movement outside the North, outside marriage, and in a way, even outside sex. Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin, and I like girls. 
This is a storytelling podcast about African women and the different experiences life throws at us for being women. If you still haven't listened to season one, I highly recommend that you do after this episode. It's available on whatever streaming platform you're listening on right now. You should know that Kayamata is an open secret. (laughs) Let me explain. Northern Nigeria is pretty conservative. As a result, conversations about sex and sexual pleasure aren't publicly discussed, especially regarding women. So, while most people know about the existence of Kayamata, they don't understand it in depth or know what it entails, except for brides and some married women who are made to understand its purpose and use ahead of their marriage. I went in search of someone who uses Kayamata. It was quite tricky to convince her to come on the podcast because of this culture of silence around sex and sexuality in the north. A friend gets married, so she's uh, from a very popular tribe here in Midugui. Um, so they were discussing. So apart from the normal dulke you do, they were like, ah, what, what, what? They were like, ah, to Abunchang, you know, that was a local language, like that stuff. What's tough now? Then the other ladies were like, You're going to sit on it, you know, fire stuff, stuff, stuff. I said, God, these girls must tell me this thing. So they kept saying, ah, Babe, just calm down. You, you know, they decide just the way you do. So I was now wondering what this thing was because why would they be hiding the whole essence of the thing while they were encouraging our girlfriend, you know, to do this? That's Halima recounting the first time she ever heard about Kayamata and the secrecy her friends in uni used to discuss it. Halima's not her real name, but at her request, we're calling her that to protect her identity. Halima consumes Gorontula a lot. It's one of the most popular types of Kayamata. So a girlfriend uh, brought it to the office, a young girl. She was like, ah, she's taking this. That Can I share? Like, you know, have you have candy you want to share with someone? So she was offering the Goron Tula to me. I was like, what's this? She was like, Madam, you are even married and you don't know what this is. I was like, please calm down, I beg. Mio, I don't know all this stuff. She was like, you, you know, you need to know this thing. I was like, no, I'm not interested. I hope this thing is not voodoo or anything. She was like, no, 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 no. It's not. It's actually a natural fruit. It, it's like an enhancer for women, you know, women who have issues, um, you know, releasing during intercourse. It's so hard for them to come. So this really helps to, you know, make them more, to have more lubrication and it's, it, it eases some stress, you know. In English, Gorontala is called the snot apple. It's a chewy, flavored fruit that's just a little bit bigger than the size of an average bean seed. Gorontala is a natural aphrodisiac that grows on some hibiscus trees. In Nigeria, they are grown in Gombe and Adamawa states. According to a 2015 Journal of Biology, Agriculture and Healthcare report, Gorontula pretty much grows in all types of woodlands and semi-arid areas. So it grows in Sudan, Kenya, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Namibia, and Tanzania. Back to Halima and her first encounter with Goron Tula. And she was like, ah, it helps also for infection. 
That's those that have yeast infection. It helps yeast infection. So I was like, where is it originated from? She was like, it's from Gombe. I was like, really? So let me try this thing. And I tried it. It was a little bit slimy. It was sweet. I was like, I'm going to throw this thing out of my mouth. She was like, no, you have to finish the chaff. Do you know how expensive this thing is? I was like, I thought she was joking. You know, I just felt maybe she just had a... You know, people have this at, uh, attention to something that, okay, mm. you believe it works for you, you know? So I was like, maybe it works for her and she feels it works for her. So I just ate it like, just ate it for eating sick because it was tasty, was nice eating it. So it wasn't something I didn't want to chew all day. Mm. So I had it in my mouth. I was chewing it. She gave me more. She gave me more. She gave me more. The next day I asked for more. And, and you know, I was foolish. I was just eating the thing as if I was, you know, as if I lost one part of my mind. Because of the sweetness, but I didn't know what exactly it was gonna do. <laughs> so as much as I ate that thing, the next that's the third day I asked her for it again. She said, No, I can't give you. So, but I noticed that I was having so much fluid, you get on my body, even without intercourse. I was like, ah, what's happening to me? I'm in the office mm-hmm. and I was thinking I was maybe, you know, menstruating or something. It was funny. And then she started laughing. She said, I told you. I was like, no. I thought this thing was like acquainted to, you know, a particular person. So that I didn't take you serious. I ate the whole thing, you know. She was like, I know. That's what it does, you know. And it was really good. Yes. Gorontilla has many sexual health benefits. Apart from helping with lubrication and vaginal dryness, like in Halima's case, experts say that it can boost fertility and increases one's sex drive. And I've tried it. It has worked for me and it's really working for me. I, I have it in my house. Like the way I have my deodorants, I have Gorontula in my drawer on top of my dressing mirror. So I get to remember to <laughs> throw in one in my bag and chew it over, you know. So you take it like in the morning and then fluids come down like in the evening. But you have to take like a little quantity, like four to five. If you take too much, you get so wet that it feels like you're dripping. Halima swears on Gorontula, and I can see why. And it's 100% natural. It's 100% safe. It's from a tree in Nigeria. It's in Gombe. It's not something to be scared of. It's not any voodoo, nothing. So it's just a fruit that you Mm -hmm. eat to help yourself. So I've seen people that some people take a lot of... um, you know, enhancers, sex enhancers, and they don't help. Some even give you side effects. But this, no side effects. Gives you, it's just the fresh, you know. I like that Halima describes Gorontula as a fruit that aids her sexual health. Because, in a way, it's what Kayamata is about. Aiding women to explore and enjoy their sexual and reproductive health. According to a 2020 report in the International Journal of Phytomedicine and Phytotherapy, Gorontula has been observed to have significant antioxidants, antimicrobial, and wound healing effects in experimental studies. So, it's possible that even outside sexual health, Gorontula is a magic fruit. After the break, I'll tell you a bit about other types of Kayamata. So I run a cleaning business where the people in my neighborhood can easily book a cleaning for their homes. I like that I can help busy mothers take care of cleaning so they can focus on everything else. 
Last Monday evening, I was talking with one of my neighbors, Simi, and I was telling her how hard it was for me to keep track of payments. I have a big blue notebook where I track my customers and how much they owe. It's really stressful. So Simi just asked me, Bisi, do you know Paystack? She told me that with Paystack, I can instantly send an invoice to my customers online. And my customers can pay with card, USSD, or bank transfer. I'm not too familiar with all these tech things, but Simi showed me where to set up my account. And it was so easy. So since then, I've been using Paystack invoices. I send electronic reminders to my customers about payments, and I get an alert on the app when they pay me. All from my mobile phone. No more big blue book. You too can create simple invoices using Paystack. Start by opening a free account on paystack.com forward slash I like girls. Before the break, Halima talked about Gorontula and how it helped her with lubrication during sex. But Kayamata is more than Gorontula. There are so many other forms it can take. Remember Benny B? She defined Kayamata at the start of the episode. Well, she's here again talking about the various forms Kayamata can take. For the um, for the tightness, normally they could be orally taken. Some can be inserted, and then for the uh, sweetness, some two are orally taken, while some are inserted. For the bonders, there are some you even have to take with um, maybe a specific uh, type of protein, milk, um, um, beef, um, cow tail, um, chicken. There are different uh, rules applicable to like different, um, uh, what they call it, depending on what you actually want, just as I said. So for the bonders, and then for the um, pharyngini, there's one called pharyngini. Uh, I think, I, will I say favor? So it's like you being favorable to your husband. When you're getting married, they give you those tighteners to prepare you down there. And then the sweetness too, so that your husband will be clinked to your pussy. And then for the bonders, it's more of to just make your love stronger than for the, um, what they call it, for the favor. Basically, you're your husband's wife and you're actually his responsibility. So it's more or less, it's a reminder. It just keeps him in check your, his responsibility and he should meet up to that. So basically, that's how they take care of the women. Um, it even goes to your skin, like the Kayamata, they take care of your skin too. So there's Kayamata for any married woman, depending on what she wants. If she wants her skin to constantly smell nice, so her husband finds her more attractive. She can use Umra, which has sweet smelling perfume made of natural products like sandalwood or cherry kernels. There are also natural herbs, steam, and spices that help with vaginal tightening, high libido, lubrication, and energy, all with the aim of giving you the best possible sex life. Kayamata is designed for married women because, again, the North is pretty conservative. The assumption is that, as a single woman, you should generally have no business having sex or seeking sexual pleasure. Right? It was kind of to relax you in some way to kind of make you know your first encounter um 
much easier and enjoyable in that context like you know as a bride maybe you haven't been sexually active and so it kind of helps to relax you it kind of helps to stimulate you you know all of those things so that the the process is more enjoyable for the woman and for and if it's enjoyable for the woman it becomes enjoyable for the man as well so it's kind of like you know that's rama she lives and works in abuja nigeria's capital city her family has made and sold kayamata for generations so she has a pretty decent grasp of this world of traditional aphrodisiacs honestly for the for the brides right because you know we have we do like a whole process when you're getting married and everything and that in, includes like garanjiki and the dukkan and things like that right and even like dukkan is the smoke bath now um even you know the herbs that you use for the smoke bath for maybe a perceived virgin now i'm saying do you get like you really need to know mm-hmm. the bride a lot of times like the bride is not going to tell you she's not a virgin do you get like it depends but even the herbs that they will use for a virgin, for example, are different from the ones that they use for a bride that they assume. Or oh, I guess it would be easier if it was like your second marriage, that way they know that you're not a virgin. Depending on what part of the north you're from, you get prepped for your marriage using Kayamata. There are a bunch of things you're made to do and eat to ensure that you're relaxed, well-stimulated, and prepared for sex with your husband. There's the Garanjiki that Rahma mentioned, which entails pampering the bride ahead of her big day. It involves a complete body hair removal with sugar wax and body scrub. And then there's the vaginal steaming, where the bride pretty much sits over a variety of herbs burned over coal. But there's like a general bride package because there's a general assumption that every bride is a virgin. And so that's just what everybody's getting. Knowing if a bride is a virgin or not is helpful in preparing Kayamata ahead of her marriage. Virgins don't require the same amount of lubrication or vaginal tightness as non-virgins. There's one wedding ritual that I find really interesting. Eating a whole chicken. It's a rite of passage for almost every bride. It's kind of make, made like a soup, right? And so you kind of like oh. just eat it and things like that. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's a soup. And they'll cook it with the herbs and everything. I've never been present for that preparation. I just know that it's done. And when I was getting married, I also got my chicken. <laughs> So, brides are giving whole chickens to eat ahead of their big day. As Rama said, it's cooked like soup. It's cooked just with the rice blend of natural herbs and spices that enhance libido. But generally, it's supposed to, you know, relax you, of course, enhance pleasure and kind of like take away maybe the fear of first encounters and things like that so that you enjoy the sex and your husband will also enjoy the sex. So that's it. My friend, Lubabatu, also had to eat this chicken when she was getting married about five years ago. She declined to speak on the podcast, but she dropped me multiple WhatsApp messages. In those messages, she shared a bit about the chicken thing. I'm going to call Sam, our scriptwriter, to read some of Lubabatu's messages. Hey Sam, how far? I'm good. Okay, so are you ready to read Lubabatu's messages about her pre-wedding ritual? Yes, I am. Okay, so let's hear the first part of her message. I arrived in Nigeria about 10 days before my wedding. So much of my Kayamata prep was rushed. What I got was actually a whole pigeon. So mine wasn't even a chicken. It was a cooked it was cooked in a mix 
of herbs and some spices. When I asked about the significance, my auntie said it's to give me energy when I'm with my husband. Thanks, Sam. So can you read the part where she talks about how it worked for her? I drank a bunch of things, so I'm not sure if it was the pigeon working for me, or the tiger nut, or the gorontula, or a combination of all. But it actually helped me with vaginal dryness and prevented injury during sex. Thanks, Sam. So I asked her if she would recommend Kayamata to any woman getting married. Can you read what her reply was? Okay, she wrote, Hell yes, Kayamata is like magic. It works well. Okay, thank you, Sam. Bye. Bye. Lubabatu has been recommending that I use Kayamata for years. After putting this episode together and hearing its benefits from multiple women, I think she's right. It's time to try it. At this point, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Kayamata is pretty much tradition meeting science. All of these spices, herbs, fruits, and powders used to create Kayamata have been found to have natural nutrients that are healthy for the body. For example, Kunun Aya Tiger Nut Milk is a powerful aphrodisiac that helps to enhance sexual pleasure. And according to a report in the Healthline, Tiger Nuts are healthy as they help to manage allergies and improve digestion. That's a Kayamata seller educating us on the ingredients she uses to make kunun aya. Everything she mentions, coconut, cloves, dates, tiger nuts, and ginger, they are all natural ingredients that we can find in markets. There are no suspicious additions like drugs or unnatural enhancers. Don't worry, <laughs> my reason for retreating this will become apparent. But let's take a break first. I'm a product designer and developer based in Abuja, and I build websites, mobile apps, you name it. For all my clients, I recommend using Paystack to collect payments, and let me share why. First, integration is completely free. Paystack only charges a small fee per successful payment, so they only make money if you make money. Number two, the actual technical integration is super easy. I'm able to add live payments to a website in minutes. Another reason I recommend Paystack is the high success rates. This reduces the number of frustrated customers reaching out to you. Yet another benefit is that Paystack has a lot of payment options. Customers are able to pay you with bank transfer, Apple Pay, their debit card, and so much more. And for many of my clients, their absolute favorite perk is a free Paystack mobile app that allows them to see payments as they're coming in, in real time. I recommend Paystack to all my clients because it makes receiving payments one less thing to worry about. And if you'd like to see for yourself, start by creating a free account at paystack.com forward slash I like girls. Welcome back. With the presence of social media, the existence and use of Kayamata have spread to more people and more places. A lot of Kayamata sellers have taken to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to display and sell their products. But over the past few years, many sellers have claimed their products did things that one might argue feel too good to be true, like tying down your husband forever or preventing him from looking at another woman. There are even more peculiar ones like offering soaps and body lotions as Kayamata to attract wealthy men. I've also personally seen waist beads being sold as Kayamata. 
this particular seller's promise was that wearing the beads during sex will make whoever you're sleeping with cling to you forever. I think the 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 kind matter has actually been infiltrated with a lot of things at the moment. Um, some as as I told you earlier, most of them are natural stuffs. But when you begin to look for those ones that are not natural, and then those ones that um, actually give you like tie a man down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the social media, you know, you know, you know, bad news um, actually flies like wildfire. Well, yeah. Actually, either are dated to spoil the use of Kayamata because a lot of people take their juju there and advertise it in the name of Kayamata. That's Benny B again. As a result of these new Kayamata offerings, there are a lot of misconceptions about what it really is. As Benny B said, the assumption is that Kayamata is jazz, you know, <laughs> black magic or juju as we call it in Nigeria. Some ladies have actually taken that fetish one on social media, like they won't touch and follow and the rest. You touch somebody and you follow the person, Gidakomoto, I don't know if you understand how, Gidakomoto is house or car. So it's just like whatever you say, I'll do. A lot of people have taken that fetish part of it to the social media. And since the social media actually likes bad news, I think that one tends to spread yeah. faster than even the regular roots, herbs, spices, fruits, and the rest. So people actually attach a lot of ills to um, Kayamata. Rama, whose family has made and sold Kayamata for generations, says, those who are not familiar with its cultural context tend to misunderstand it. And unless you were part of the culture, maybe, or you kind of know where it came from and everything, you don't know that it wasn't about jazzing people or control or dominance. It was just about, like, you know, wellness and enjoying pleasure. And that was it. But now it's, it's a whole different conversation. I'm sure, like, everybody else can define Kayamata in the context that it exists now, which isn't what it's originally started off as personally i can't say if what we see on instagram and twitter is juju or just people exaggerating the impact of what they sell but i know for sure that social media has contributed to our misconceptions about kayamata i also have to say that social media helps kickstart and expand the business of many kayamata sellers like this woman Hello everyone, my name is Hawa Saidu Mohammed, popularly known as Jaruma, Nigeria's most trusted, most successful and highest paid sex therapist. So uh, yeah, you can show them a little bit. Jaruma, as she's popularly called, is arguably Nigeria's most famous Kayamata producer and seller. She talks a lot about making millions of money as a result of leveraging social media for her business. Her Instagram page shows a life of affluence, Expensive cars, billionaire friends, credit alerts. There's something else social media did. It kind of emboldened women to share their Kayamata experiences and publicly talk about sex. Remember that the North is really conservative. Talking about sex publicly, especially on social media, where the entire world can see, is not really okay. But it did that. Social media presented the opportunity to advertise Kayamata in ways that may be considered scandalous. Like this. Harder. Harder. This is how silky, slippery, slimy, 
luxurious texture your pussy juice is going to be after taking Jerma Silky Cola Honey Syrup with luck and Ningi. That's Jaroma again. Her goal in that clip from her Instagram page was to get you to pay attention. And I'm pretty sure it worked. To be clear, I'm not saying that social media doesn't have Kaimata producers who still use natural spices, powders, and fruits to make their products. I'm just giving context as to how things have evolved over time. The entire conversation about what Kayamata traditionally is and what we sometimes see on social media made me think about growing up. A lot of the things that are considered Kayamata were things that I was used to as a child. For example, I had a neighbor who used to make kunu aya for my siblings and I and would guzzle down everything without thought. I invited my friend Awazi to my place so we could chat a bit about what Kayamata used to mean to us growing up in the north. So I'm I'm originally from Nasarawa State. I'm from Lafia North. So my name Awazi. Awazi is an Egon name. Um, so that is the North Central, right? Like the Middle Belt region of the country. For me, my earliest thing with Kaimata was more about just advice. Like it was like, these are the things that women, when you grow older, you start to do more of. It's like your feminine. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know that that's the right word, but it's it's kind of tailoring into saying, you know, take care of yourself. Look after yourself. Aha, that's the word. It's, it's like self-care. Aha, that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Self-care, but um, with a tip of advice that, you know, only people who really, really know you, that's like your mom, your aunties can give you so that, you know, when you're entering into this world, which is like this sexual world that you're just going to be navigating, you kind of have a way of navigating those things. Like Awazi, a significant part of what I knew Kaimata to be as a child was also self-care. At the start of this episode, I mentioned that the first time I heard the words Kayamata was when my babysitter was getting married. What I didn't tell you was that my nosy ass over time continued to eavesdrop on conversations of adults regarding Kayamata. A lot of what I picked up was that it was about taking care of yourself as a woman. So, you know, smelling nice, having glowing skin, adorning yourself in jewelry. Of course, there's more to it than that. I'm just saying that this is what I knew it to be. Okay, back to Awazi people I love are getting married and all the aunties and their moms are giving them advice and they're saying he must not know what your actual body smells like you know um, they'll tell you oh if you cook and all of that stuff make sure you come back and put on your humra and your you know all your scents and make sure that you're always scenty scenting they'll tell you that if your husband touches you he must not smell anything he should not even know what your normal body odor smells like. And that's like part of what makes up of Kai, makes up Kaimata to me. So it's like the little, so literally it just means women's things, right? Kaimata, it's the things of women. And so for me, like when they start to teach you that stuff, that's when they, they start to tell you, okay, use this humra or these are the kinds of ones that you can use around like your private areas. You can't use these ones there. You know, um, this is what you do. In fact, it goes really wild. I, I've heard people say things about like alum and stuff, like, you, you know, all of that like deep stuff that is not like very, very contextual. And then there's now the parts of saying like, oh, these are the herbs that will help you, you know, like you're getting into like your sexual maturity now. And whenever your husband wants to, you know, you have to make sure that it's like worth his while. 
So yeah, the existence of Kayamata for self-care and as a sexual enhancer is known to quite a number of people who grew up in the North. Even Rahma says, as a child, she used to consume what we now know as Kayamata regularly. From, from childhood, early childhood, I was exposed to Kayamata and things like, it really wasn't a big deal where I'm from, you know? And then it's interesting how it has kind of um, progressed over the years, but it wasn't it wasn't something that was hidden. It was something that you know, visit this aunt and she just made a fresh batch and she gave us some even as children. And I was consuming it. My brothers were consuming it, you know, and we're less than like five, six, you know. I'm saying like real children and things like that. So it was just something that was normal where where I grew up. Based on some of these experiences, growing up and understanding what Kayamata traditionally is, I have to say, it's fascinating to see what it has evolved into in the past couple of years. So, Kayamata has always been about the man's pleasure, right? You want your husband to enjoy sex. But it's also prioritized the pleasure of women. Part of it was for them to ease into their sexual awakening. But now more than ever, it seems to be about keeping just the man and making the man happy. Awazi has a theory for why this is the case. Patriarchy. So religion where I'm from allows for com- competition, like in terms of like people being able to find a mate, right? So some people are able to marry up to four wives and then, you know, it's the thing of the woman in the house using, you know, all her little things to make sure she's keeping her man. And that's not even like jazz related, like from me just thinking about it from the north it's like a competition of kayamatas it's competition of aphrodisiacs and that's pretty much what like the the herbs and syrups were it's aphrodisiacs because there's date syrup there's urantula there's like all of those things right it's like it was competition of aphrodisiacs and then obviously when there's competition especially because the patriarchy is oh my god i can't i'm just I, i'm tired but just because um Men are the prize, right? And that's what they've deceived the world to believe. It is a lie, everybody, please, dear. <laughs> but just because that mentality exists and um, they're the ones that have the option to marry like up to four women, not women having that option, it's then the thing of saying, oh, you know, I'm trying to keep him and somebody else is trying to get him. And like, so it's, all, it's a whole thing. And I think this is an interesting theory and it's possible that this need for women's competition has also created some interesting forms of Kayamata popping up today. Rahma says these days it has become less about pleasure. Right now I think a lot of the obsession is about control and dominance, not necessarily about even the sexual pleasure, it's just something else entirely. While it's true that, in many ways, Kayamata has been presented to look like jazz or something that is out to get men. It's really more than that. As I established earlier, it's centuries worth of tradition, of passing down spices, powders, perfumes, herbs, all made naturally for the sexual awakening of women like me. I debated how to end this episode for a long time. Kayamata is one of those topics that you can't fully exhaust. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to explore, and a lot to learn. But this episode needs to end. And Halima gave me something to end with. Remember Halima? She's the one who discovered Goro and Tula and never looked back. She talks about the importance of opening up about our sex lives as women and how there's no shame in admitting that we need Kayamata, if that's the case, to spice up our sex lives with our partners. But sometimes when you see that there's a little issue, it's good to open up and speak to ladies which you feel 
can, you know, help you. Because if you keep quiet about it, you just end up having, um, should I say, a dry sex relationship. And it's, it, it becomes boring to your partner. Like, you mm-hmm. think about it and say, ah, I'm still coming back to this boring, you know, stuff like that. It's going to take him time to come, make you come. It's going to take you time to also make you enjoy what's happening. So at the end of the day, you just turn out to become something else. You wouldn't really appreciate the marriage or even the sex. I like that Halima is advocating for women to publicly speak about sex, even if it means breaking certain norms that we were raised with. I'm all for women prioritizing their sexual pleasure, and there's no better way to do it than with tried and tested products that have existed for hundreds of years. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit 27productions.co forward slash I Like Girls. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at I Like Girls Pod. Also, please rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on. Rating us helps other people to discover the podcast just like you. This episode is produced and written by me, Aisha Salahuddin. Audio engineering is by Moisu. Our editor is Samia Talamutu. And our theme music is by Banks with a double G. The rest of the music you heard throughout this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Awazi, Benny B, Rahma, Lubabatu, and Halima for their input in this episode. And of course, special thanks to Paystack for sponsoring this episode. I'll catch you on the next one.